Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. The iconic sound of Mr. Marvin Gaye with I Heard It Through the Grapevine. It hardly needs an introduction, but I gave it one. Hello, this is Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers, the place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul, alongside their equivalents in the world of business, a business shaper. My business shaper today is Galahad Clark of the famous Clark family of shoemakers or cobblers, as you will be hearing a little bit later. Galahad is also the founder of Vivo Barefoot, of United Nude and of Worn Again too. He's a prolific entrepreneur. You'll be hearing lots from him and all about his endeavours very shortly. In addition to hearing from Galahad, you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business and as well as all of that, of course, some brilliant music from the shapers of jazz, soul and blues, including Albert King, Olivier Trummer, and this from Gogo Penguin. The gentle and hypnotic sound of Kandeki from Gogo Penguin. What a great name. As I said earlier here on Jazz Shapers, my business shaper is Galahad Clark of the famous Clark clan. They make shoes that most of us at some point have worn, I am sure. Um, he's the founder of Vivo Barefoot. He's the founder of United Nude. He's the founder of Worn Again. Many, many things. And actually, if I delve deep and and uh, and find another thing he's founded, I think he founded Woo Shoes, which apparently was a, another brand in the States. You can tell me if that's right or not. Galahad, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks. Good to be here. Now, tell me, um, you obviously seventh generation clock. Um, were you always destined to go into the shoe business? Do you think it was it was written in the stars? Well, yeah. People often say I was born in a shoe box. My father was actively worked in the shoe business all his life, and uh, he always said to me, "Look, you don't have to go into the shoe business, but you at least need to know about shoes." So I spent a lot of my childhood in. Various um, inappropriate child labour situations on shoe production lines um, all over the world, actually, in Europe, England and in Asia. And do you think, and we'll come on to the, the, what you actually then went and launched, and we'll just quickly, so people understand what they were. Did you feel at a young age, I kind of like this, I like the smell of the leather, I like the way the factory set up? Was there a sense of being feeling very connected to it? Well, I think I came through all of that and probably was determined not to go into shoes, honestly. Um, but... I, it is a bug you get, and you know people often say trying to come make the perfect shoe is trying to make the perfect woman, and it's a never-ending, maybe thankless task. <laughs> um, now you studied Chinese and anthropology. 
that right? right? Yeah, yeah. And I think it was in the states, and you were, you you got a scholarship, which means you're good at sports, apparently, which is all very nice. But you, is that is that right? It was a well, I wish it was a sports scholarship, no, it wasn't. but it was a uh, yeah, I, just, I, just a clever scholarship for something somebody, like that. Something like that. <laughs> um, and it it sounds like you started um, even at that young age to think about doing your own stuff. I believe you founded something called Students for Students International, which is all about helping disadvantaged students in Africa um, to get to great secondary schools and onto university. So there was a sense of doing your own thing. Sometimes people that have been in a big family do quite the opposite. Where do you think that came from, that entrepreneurial thing? Um, Yeah, you're right. It did I mean, I'm an oldest child, so there's a sense of responsibility. And, you know, I guess my father was, even though he worked in a big business all his life, I think he hankered not to. So he probably um, inadvertently instilled that in me that um, he he moved to Australia and was was living and working, uh, running Clark's Australia and decided to stay in Australia and leave the business and he wanted to go into art and be a painter and he got a famous letter from my grandmother saying you will not be staying in Australia you'll be getting on the next boat home and coming back you've got a shoe business to look after and uh, so I think he had a sort of uh, begrudging notion of of that his whole life and, and perhaps that trickled down to me. Now, there have been lots of things that you have done that have indeed trickled down to you. But just, just in, a, in a nutshell, describe what Vivo Barefoot does, which is the main focus of your, of your day-to-day life. What exactly is Vivo Barefoot for those people that might not know? So Vivo Barefoot is a shoe business, um, and we make shoe, a quest to make the perfect shoe. And if the definition of a perfect shoe is a shoe that lets your feet do its thing, then um, Vivo Barefoot tries to make shoes that allow your feet to feel like they're barefoot. And this is sold um, in this country, around the world? Sold all over the world, yeah. Big business now? Getting there. Getting um, there. All, it's all relative. Um, it's just shy of £10 million turnover. Pretty fantastic. Now you're going to be finding out a lot more from my business shaper, Galahad, um, through the course of the programme, and it isn't just about Vivo Barefoot either. Time for some music. This is from Albert King, and it's Born Under a Bad Sign. If it wasn't for bad luck, you know I wouldn't have no luck at all. That was Albert King with Born Under a Bad Sign. Galahad Clark is my business shaper. He's the founder of Vivo Barefoot, founder of United Newton, the founder of Worn Again, and we've just been listening to Galahad, you talking about what Vivo Barefoot is. So essentially it's like as if you're not wearing a shoe. It's essentially like as if your feet were not encumbered by stuff around them, but it gives them the sort of protection they might need and the comfort they might need to, to enhance the act of walking. Is That's that right, yeah. The, we, you know, we would never have left Africa if it wasn't for shoes uh, 70,000 years ago and crossed the Alps and been sitting here in sunny old London if it wasn't for shoes. But the only two reasons to wear shoes are for protection from heat and cold and protection from puncture wounds. Because uh, unfortunately, we don't have hooves or pads. So you know, it was always a, a tool that humans made to get around the planet. But those are the only two reasons to wear shoes. And so the idea is that all the shock absorption and fancy technologies and motion control basically do more harm than good. And the mm. modern shoe industry have sold us a big lie. And so we try to make shoes that allow your feet to do their thing. 
Now you, I mean, whether it was advertent or inadvertent, you ended up, I think, in China and Taiwan studying production techniques um, connected to design. You just, you know, you sound a bit like a scientist then, which is a good thing. That sense of history, and you just went back 70,000 years and things, you really mean it, don't you? You are. It sounds like you're on a bit of a quest beyond uh, making a buck. Is that a fair thing to say? Absolutely. I think, you know, we're on a mission to change the shoe industry um we think that the template is is wrong and um there should be a sort of a new gold standard for the way shoes are made in the future especially for children but um obviously also for adults and yeah it's a you know rather like my one of my forefathers was on a quest for the holy grail i think we're on the quest for the holy shoe now obviously the the clock's name is is part of the big the big establishment on you know part of the establishment of the shoe business you're inside that business is it are you able to affect the change that you want as well in the bigger businesses that are maybe encumbered by lots of legacy and other uh, and other um challenges well we're trying um we you know change arguably never comes as fast as you'd like it and we're talking about some of the biggest companies in the world with some of the snazziest marketing budgets and those big ships are not going to turn on a dime so mm. we're chipping away at it and I but I truly believe and you know I meet a lot of global shoe executives and I know a lot of them actually do believe that um, barefoot is best mm. but um, they have to change move their ships in a gentle coordinated way now of course moving ships in gentle and coordinated ways in terms of being more eco-friendly caring about the planet worrying about um, co2 emissions and and other types of un- unhealthy emissions that's another big part of what drives you and i think if i if i understand that the the terra planner business which um you, you the family bought and then you kind of took on totally focused on being eco-friendly has that the, the, that business then morphed into United Nude? Is that is that right? No, United Nude was a completely separate okay. um, business that we founded with um, a Dutch architect friend of mine at the time, um, and and he's really the driving force behind that business. He's, his name's Rem Koolhaas, but he's the nephew of his yeah. rather more famous uncle with the same name. Um, and you still play an active role in that business, or are you slightly less less, less and less. And and it was it was through sustainability and and studying sustainability is one of the reasons why I came to focus more and more on Vivo Barefoot, and realised that you know if one's definition of sustainability is that humans and life on it should flourish, then I realised that um, wearing barefoot shoes has a sort of more immediate positive impact on humans enjoying their time on Earth than just about any other shoe, and there, and and therefore. By definitions of sustainability, it, I really believe that Vivo Barefoot are the most sustainable shoes in the world, aside from the fact that we use a lot of eco-friendly materials. So would you in, you have only a yes or no answer, because we're going to move to the traffic and travel in a minute, but are you a revolutionary? Yes. Good. I hoped you'd say that. Um, stay with me for more from my revolutionary Galahad Clark. Um, he's a shoemaker and a lot more than that too. Latest travel in a couple of minutes and before that, some words of wisdom from our programme partners at Mishkondorea for your business. I'm Emma Walcott. I'm an associate in the reputation protection team at Mishkondorea, part of the private uh, department. Businesses of all sizes need to be very careful about how they and their employees engage on social media. 
We advise all businesses to have a robust social media policy so that staff are aware what they can and cannot say on social media, either for business use or in their own time. Staff need to be well aware that what they say on social media, um, even on the weekends and in their own name, can have a very um, severe adverse impact on the business's brand and that may have um, ramifications for their employment. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. I get to interview a brilliant person from the world of business every Saturday morning here on Jazz FM from 9 till 10 a.m. If you have missed any of my superb guests, then go into iTunes, put in the words Jazz and Shapers, and you will find over 160 there. CityAM.com is also a destination for you if you um, haven't quite yet got to iTunes. Galahad Clark is my business shaper. He's seventh generation Clark, but more importantly than that, is an entrepreneur. Um, and as you, if you were listening earlier, you would have heard that probably his father was a slightly frustrated one who was in a big company and and maybe didn't have quite the opportunity that Galahad has created for himself. And Galahad has created three different businesses: Vivo Barefoot, which is going very strong; United Nude, and Worn Again. Let me just help me understand the Worn Again thing. Just tell me in a nutshell what that is about. Worn Again started um, when I heard a really inspiring talk by the lady I set it up with, a lady called Cindy Rhodes, who, who ran something called Anti-Apathy, which was trying to inspire young people to get off of their asses and change the world and ran cool events in nightclubs throughout London and stuff. And we started making upcycled shoes and bags basically out of rubbish. And it's evolved, you know, massively um, inspired by Cindy over the years to now become um, a new technology business based around coming up with closed loop solutions for um, the clothing industry in particular, but potentially other industries as well. So it has a chemical solution where you can take a polyester and cotton shirt and repolymerize the polyester and make a new shirt out of the old shirt. And and I believe that you that the brands like Virgin Atlantic, Eurostar, Royal Mail, Virgin Balloon Flights, Marks and Sparks, and McDonald's are all involved in some way with this business. Is that right? That's right. Well, we've all we've made shoes and bags out of all of their rubbish. For all of them. Okay. Wow. And actually, now in the, the, the in the current state, H and M are a partner in the business, and so, and so are Caring. Um, and. The business is really focused on coming up with this big industrial solution to come up with closed loop fashion. And closed loop fashion is that if it if it's not, it, you may think it's dead, but it's not dead. It comes well, back again. Is that what it means? Yeah, it means not making things out of virgin resources. So okay. basically, that all new stuff in the world will be made from existing old stuff. Now, if you're listening to this and you're going, well, how does this man do it? There's, he's got his big business in the middle. He's, he's still got an interest, um, probably financial as well as time, in um, United Nude. And, of course, you've done this. This is a revolutionary idea, this Warner Gain thing. Is your involvement that you talk to um, Cindy on a regular basis, do you do more than that? I mean, what, how much? Because the ideas are brilliant. Or are you more of the Mr. Incubator? You say, here's what we should do, and then you let someone else do it. I regularly meet um, Cindy and we we have meetings, but, you know, she's really the driving force behind the business on a day-to-day level and she has building a wonderful team around her. And we have an amazing partner in H&M who are really involved and they're truly inspiring, sustainable pioneers in the fashion business. 
you must feel good about everything you do. I mean, you strike me very, as a very relaxed, happy person. <laughs> Unless you're just a really good actor, Galahad. Yeah, just uh, well. But seriously, I mean, but a lot of people search for um, the ability to make money and to feel um, inspired. It sounds like you've found something you really are, you know, able to do both on. No, I definitely feel lucky in that way. And, you know, we, you know, maybe we've got a long way to go there. But, but is there a sense that you are, do you do it because you know it's the right thing to do? Or do you do it because um, there, there's this sense that you're helping people? I mean, or are, the, are the two very, very similar points anyway? Yeah, I think it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> He's put me in my place. <laughs> it is the same thing. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Time for some more music before we come back to Galahad Cut My Business Show. But this is Nina Simone with the lovely, upbeat, brown-eyed, handsome man. your job, you better feed that brown-eyed man. across the desert in a TWA, I saw a woman walking across I promised you it'd be upbeat, and it was. Nina Simone with brown-eyed, handsome man. Galahad Clark's my business shaper, and we've been talking about doing the right thing, uh, helping people, about making a buck. I did say you look relaxed. I imagine it's not always relaxed running one business and being involved in a couple of others. When it's not... How do you ensure that you get back to being relaxed? When it's stressful, where do you go to de-stress? Well, one of the joys of Vivo is that we are into movement and making um, shoes that people can get out of the cities and go up the mountains and down to oceans. And so, for example, this week I've just come back from Sweden where we're working with a guy who's one of the most inspiring uh, trail-running people in the world. And so... He took me up a mountain on Tuesday and we were running around some of the most beautiful landscape I've ever seen, overlooking the Swedish archipelago just south of Stockholm. And so that was a you know an amazing day in the office that uh, keeps the sort of, uh, I guess, the stress bags away. And over the years, have you observed people that you really respect and rate and that have informed the way that you behave as a person in business? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm inspired by great leaders. And I'm, and one of the ways I deal with stress, I often think about people doing much bigger jobs where people's lives are really on the line. And, you know, thankfully, decisions I make in the morning don't have much impact on whether women and children and innocent people die anywhere in the world. And so, you know, I think just keeping it in perspective and in perspective of other great lives is helps me get through the day. And do you think you impart that perspective to the team around you? Would they say, yeah, Galahad does that, helps us keep it grounded and uh, and clear versus losing his rag? I'd like to think so, yeah. they. You know, I think if, if the person in charge is losing their rag and climbing up the walls, then it's probably a lot easier for everyone else to. All of our final chat with Galahad. <laughs> uh, plus here's some music from Olivia Trummer. That's after the latest Traffic and Travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Seems like a 
That was Olivia Trummer with Gotta Miss Someone. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Galahad Clark is my business shaper just for a few more precious minutes. And we've we've done quite a lot in, in under an hour. We've talked all about the different businesses. We've talked about the big family business. Looking forward now, where do you want to be in the next few years? What's what's in store for, for you and for your different business interests and for doing good things for the planet? I have a fairly single-minded goal around Vivo Barefoot, which is to grow Vivo into um, a much bigger business. Um, I fundamentally think it's a good thing for the world, and the more people, especially children, that wear less shoe, the healthier and better movement they'll be going on in the world. And, you know, it's a, it's a big problem in the world today. People have stopped moving, and kids are sitting around playing games on video uh, consoles and stuff instead of outside enjoying life and hopefully we'll play a small part in helping change that. You're interested also, I believe, in in kind of offering um, people the opportunity to get into the world of business. I think you've been, if I'm not mistaken, I think you were talking to a, com- a group of students at Explorium, who are based in Somerset, about things that they might they might tackle. Do you see that as a big thing that you might scale and I'd offer more to students and more education in this world of um, foot ergonomics and, and outdoor pursuits and stuff like that. Is that something you're going to do more of? Yeah, we'd love to. We've just done uh, an amazing project, actually, with a lady who's done a triple PhD in anthropology, biomechanics and design. And we're just at the end of the project now. It's a five-year project where she's gone and lived with three different tribes around the world, studied um, their shoemaking, studied the biomechanics of how they move, and then done a design interaction to learn from them and and both ways. For example, um, the Sami reindeer people in Lapland make the most make their shoes out of reindeer skin, just below the below the knee, and those shoes are fifty percent warmer and fifty percent lighter than the most advanced hiking boot on the market they have perfect barefoot biomechanics and no foot problems and as part of her study she sort of found out that as fashionable shoes are coming up from the south and they're starting to wear sort of modern shoes they're starting to get back problems and knee problems and there's an old wives tale going around in Lapland that says look whenever your back's hurting just go back to your traditional reindeer skin moccasins and you know clear it all up and that's a fantastic way of looking at things. Now, just before I let you go, I mean, it strikes me um, that, that, that if I could think of one word about you, it's focused. I mean, you really are into making shoes that make sense and that do all the right things and, and look after you. What would be your one piece of advice or one word of advice, if you like, for some budding entrepreneur now thinking of doing their own business? What will mark out someone who's going to be successful from someone who's not? I think single-minded determination. You do, it's you know people often. I get a lot of people coming to me um, saying they want to start new shoe businesses, and you know I, I always say Are you mad because um, it's it's been a, a hell of a ride, honestly. And it's um, you know there aren't that many new shoe brands that make it um, unless a lot of money's thrown at them. And so um, you know you got to be prepared to put it all on the line. Thank you. That's really good advice. Just before I say goodbye to you, and you've been a pleasure to um, interview, thank you so much. What's your song choice and why have you chosen it? 
Well, this is linked to a shameless product push. Vivo Barefoot have a new shoe coming out called the Motus, and we were going to call it the Motus Aum after the Charles Mingus uh, album that this song comes from. And um, Get It On Your Soul is a song about reconnection. It's a song about Charles Mingus growing up in L.A. and back to his sort of gospel roots. And, you know, he's one of the great revolutionaries in jazz. Um, And Motus means movement. And this song is about reconnecting with your roots, reconnecting with your soul. And I like to think Vivo Barefoot's about reconnection too. And that's got to be one of the best reasons I think I've heard in four years (laughs) for why um, you have chosen your song. Here it is. Thank you so much for being my business show. Thank you. That was Charles Mingus with Better Get It In Your Soul, the song choice of my business shaper today, Galahad Clark. He was a passionate man, someone who loves the idea of making shoes and making the perfect shoe, and he will continue to strive to do that. And also incredibly versatile, not just his own business, but also thinking about the wider issues around children's health and related stuff. Brilliant. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's 9am next Saturday morning for another Jazz Shapers. In the meantime, stay with us here on Jazz FM. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.